Welcome to Liftoff Journeys, where we ignite the stories of those daring to soar. Join us as we delve into the uncharted territories of success, sharing the triumphs and hardships of extraordinary individuals determined to reach new heights. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, and uplifted on Liftoff Journeys. I'm your host, Jeannie Weldon. Let's launch together. And today, I'm so thrilled to be able to introduce an incredibly amazing, inspiring person, Erica Sunstein. She's done so much in her life. We're so lucky to have her on Liftoff Journeys. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here and I'm excited to get this started. Yeah, me too. So Erica, you have done so many things already in your life. You've conquered your challenges, you've conquered your fears. Even most recently, you just moved into a new town, which I'm aware of, and that's something that's scary for anybody. So why don't you give us a little bit about your background, where you came from, what you're doing now, and what you aspire to be doing in the future? Absolutely. So originally, I'm born and raised in South Jersey, and um, honestly, my upbringing was great. I had a, a wonderful family, but in school, it wasn't always as easy for me. Um, I found myself troubling making friends and fitting in and so insecure about, you know, what my body looked like, what I was saying. I struggled to social anxiety and any type of bullying or outcast just kind of amplified that feeling of being alone. And so it wasn't until outside of high school when I found that, you know, when I turned into myself and maybe like worked out or or focused on my fitness and my mental health is when I started to grow confidence that led me to a path of just new adventure after new adventure. And the more that I got to experience, the more confident that I became in myself. And that led me, you know, to my new apartment and travel into pageantry, into bodybuilding. And it just opened so many doors and avenues for myself. And now, yes, I'm in a new place in St. Pete, fully alone as of Monday, me and my pup. And it's scary for sure, because that that inner me is like, oh my gosh, I'm alone. And now I'm 27. How do I I make friends at 27? I work from home. So it's like that little girl trying to get out again. Um, But I just kind of go back to the roots, like put yourself out there, take risks, because the only thing that can come from risk is opportunity. Um, And so in the future, you know, I'm hoping that I can share stories with people and just continue on adventures and shedding light on how that can be so eye-opening for all of us. Well, I think it's scary to try and make friends at any age. And I can tell you, I'm sure I speak for so many of our viewers that when you move to a new town, when you start a new job, when you have a change in your life situation, you kind of have to really convince yourself that it's okay to put yourself out there and to, you know, just let the world take care of you. So I know that's a challenge, but it's interesting because you said you had a great family upbringing, you had a great life, but you felt really insecure in school. And there's been so much research done about, you know, just women, females, just insecurity in general. And in today's world with social media, that impacts everybody that's on social media. I think it's something that a lot of people are challenged with. And I find it really interesting that you also mentioned that you overcame it through working out, through bodybuilding and through pageantry. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, what made you decide that to figure out how to get self-confidence and and understand who you are, that bodybuilding was going to help. Yeah. So part of my upbringing in terms of feeling insecure is I looked for security in male figures. So boyfriends or male friends. And 
it was because I wasn't getting along or finding that companionship in females. I was feeling too judged by them and really insecure when around you know, other beautiful women that can be intimidating. So I found it really naturally easy to speak with the male figure and that developed a severe codependence when I was younger. And that only spiraled into, you know, horrible and kind of toxic relationships for me. So it wasn't until when I leaned into fitness, realizing, you know, I don't need to be codependent on somebody. And when I was in the gym and saw that, oh, I can be strong. I can do this by myself. I don't, you know, need a man to guide me and tell me that what I need to do. And it was then that I started feeling more confident in myself. And it only spiraled into an effect of like, what else can I do if I'm in the gym and I can go on stage and be successful on stage with stuff that I made changes for myself? What else can that open? And that just made this mindset of looking for new opportunities and where can I put myself out there? So, you know, Sports Illustrated, pageantry and in terms of pageantry, they, so bodybuilding's physical and that's where I started feeling confident physically. And pageantry, it's, although you only think of it as this stage appearance, who's the most beautiful woman, the challenge comes behind the scene with the judges in an interview. And those interview questions are asking like, who are you? What do you want? Where do you see yourself? What can you contribute? So it's a lot of self-reflecting that also enabled growth physically, mentally, emotionally with me all simultaneously. So between like 19 to 25, I was like a brand new person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought up pageantry as something that's more than just physical beauty, right? Because a lot of us think about pageants and they, you know, have those flashbacks to the reality shows where the moms put their kids on stage at three and five and, you know, they're running around <laughs> and doing everything. And, and that wasn't you. And you mentioned that in pageantry, you know, it is a mental challenge. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what was so challenging about it mentally for you and how scary are those interview questions? Because unrelated to pageantry, I watch Family Feud and the questions seem so easy when they're like, <laughs> top 10 answers are on the board. What kind of fruit starts with an O and it's orange and, and, and you're you like even think screaming. Of <laughs> yeah. And you're standing there and you're like, and, and if you were on stage, you're just would be like uh, Apple, you know? So I can yeah, only imagine pageantry is the same way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, the mental block is, you know, behind the, with the judges and those questions, like I mentioned, are, who are you? Tell us about yourself. What's your story? But when you're answering these questions, what people don't realize is that these contestants or myself, we have three minutes to make an impression on a table of eight judges or else no matter how beautiful you look on stage, they don't care because they don't know who you are. And you can be as the most beautiful person on, on in the world. But if there's nothing here, then you can't represent your state. You can't represent your country. So I would say that is so like so much anxiety built up as you're sitting outside of the judges room, seeing one contestant after the next. And you hear, you know, some people are making the judges laugh and other people are coming out quietly. And you're like, Whoa. and so in that moment, it's it's battling not comparing yourself and what you have to contribute to the person next to you. And I think that's something that we often do all the time when we're younger, because, you know, social media, you're seeing the highlight reels of people's lives or you're comparing yourself to you know the best athlete or 
world's most photogenic, like in your classes. So it's so hard to pull yourself out of the comparison. But as you're getting older, you can kind of like delve into who you are insecure, like regardless of what other people have going on, you got your own path going on. And that's awesome. So I would say that reminding yourself like you are pretty cool despite how cool other people are you're pretty cool too and that's where i come from for the interview stage of things so in the pageantry world tell the viewers did you ever get a crown i did i was crowned last summer so july of 2022 as miss new jersey earth usa and then i got to go on to nationals in january um i did not win nationals but to say that i did have a crown and it's in my new place somewhere i could pull it out if you guys <laughs> want to see it um but it's huge and it was amazing because my pageant journey started in 2019 and it took a few tries a couple fails until i finally I got the crown on my head and it was just instant, instant tears um, because it, it was just satisfactory. Like, wow, I can do this. And it's not because I'm pageant patty from toddlers and tiaras, but it's because I worked on myself and I put myself out there and I kept trying and trying and trying and I didn't take no for an answer. And it, can't, it ended up letting me come out on top. That's great. That's awesome. And congratulations on the crown. I know I live in New Jersey and how crazy was it, you know, a few months ago when you were on a shoot and I just happened to walk by you and the rest of the crew on a shoot, which, <laughs> small was, town. which was really incredible. I know, I know. It's it's a big world. It's a small world. It, it's all the same. But all right. So you found your passion. You found your kind of root of who you are and what inspires you through bodybuilding, for your physical growth, for pageantry for your mental growth and and from that you've been able to create a pretty successful career so far um, tell us a little bit about what you do professionally so professionally i am kind of teeter-tottering between two industries at the moment i have my main career in insurance litigation so i've been with a fortune 100 company the past five years I kind of switched from one to the next to elevate my career and when i say teeter-tottering i'm kind of tiptoeing my foot into the tech and AI industry, just for change up. Again, putting myself out there, looking for the risk, looking for new doors to open. Um, I don't think anybody wakes up one day and was like, insurance, that, that's what it's gonna be. But <laughs> that's uh, what it ended up, you know, taking me out of college with the interviews. And as a broke college student, I was like, that's, that's the route, that's what's gonna pay my bills now. So that's where I'm gonna go. And I ended up absolutely loving it. I can talk to people day in and day out and help them with the fears of, you know, lawsuits in terms of car accidents. And that's satisfying for me to continue to help people in ways that I never deemed imaginable. And then with the tech industry, I think that's more of interest because it's finding fraud and being a little investigator at the end of the day. And that's just so fascinating, especially growing up watching like CSI. <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally. I, I know. I love those shows. And th your job sounds like it's a lot of fun to get to the bottom of all these of all these challenges. But it sounds like a string that's running through your entire life is an interest in helping others, is finding more about yourself and then using that to help others. And along those lines, in addition to all the things you've accomplished personally and professionally, I know you have a passion for puppies. So tell us about what's going on with your dog fostering. 
Absolutely. So growing up with the codependence, uh, my best friend was my dog. At the end of the day, when you feel like you had nobody, I always had a dog to turn to. And that's since the time I was nine. Um, so when I was doing all of these things and putting myself out there in terms of pageantry, what's truly my platform, what resonates most with me, and that's animals. And it was giving back to local shelters. Um, and unfortunately, that dog that was my companion all those years ended up passing at the same time that I was being crowned. And that was that was some trauma to overcome in and of itself. But to give back, I started a 5K run that gave back to the animal shelter that my dog came from. And then from there, I was able to connect with a um, company called America's Vet Dogs and Guide Dog Foundation, where you pass a background check and you can apply to be a puppy raiser. And they give you a puppy at three months old and you have them anywhere from three months to 18 months and you're raising them through a foundation training, socialization skills to become a seeing eye dog. And I thought that was amazing. And I ended up getting another black lab and his name is Solomon. He's outside, so I can pull him in if, if you guys want to see him too. He's a little, he's a little daredevil, um, but I adore him and it's been so much fun and a new adventure. Again, just on the adventure routes. <laughs> well, how is it fostering a puppy because of you know, as many of the viewers know, I've adopted one of my daughters from Russia. Um, and it's great to be able to know that you're giving somebody else an opportunity for life that they might not have had. But she's mine. <laughs> like I adopted her and, yes. and you know, like, she's mine. I don't have to give her back. And, and I've, I've often thought about fostering and how noble it is, whether it's for an animal or a human, because you're able to be there for somebody or some puppy when they need it. But how are you going to deal with that when the fostering time is over? Oh, I just <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be in another six months. So I've never actually had to go through the process of giving up any animal that I've raised. So I, I know I'm going to be heartbroken. And I'm going to cry. But I'm going to just remind myself at the end of the day, he is moving on to bigger and better things and better causes than what I just started out with. He's going to give somebody a new life, eyes that you know, I take for granted, you and I may take for granted every single day. There are people that literally can't function without these animals. So that's just something that I have to remind myself as much as I love him and may want to, you know, manipulate some ways to keep him. I, I know <laughs> that I'm going to have to say goodbye at some point. So I do keep that in the back of my mind to at least it's not such a shock at the time that it's going to happen. Now, do you think you'll foster another puppy after this? Oh, I don't know. Don't know. I think we see how how big of a loss it's going to feel in January. Um, mm -hmm. I can see myself saying it's not the best thing for me, and then just doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Well, it's certainly a noble cause, and I think you know how incredible to be able to give somebody the ability to see through Absolutely. a dog like Solomon. So, yeah, if he comes in, I think I think all the viewers that are watching yeah, this on video I mean, would love to see him. Let's see, he's probably sunbathing, so I'll take you guys to him because that's his favorite pastime. There he is, sunbathing. That are listening Hi. just on the audio version, we're walking outside of Erica's apartment to go see Solomon, her foster puppy, and he is an adorable black <laughs> lab. He doesn't speak right now, so you know, he's not going to be on no, the audio version of the podcast. But if you're watching the video version, He's a little sweetheart and so cute. Look at those paws. <laughs> Just a big so sunbathing baby. So adorable. 
So it's got to be a challenge to raise this puppy in order to become a seeing eye dog. Tell us like some of the things that you need to do that you wouldn't normally do if you just got a puppy. So I thought the biggest thing that was different with him is teaching them to go to the bathroom on command. Typically with your other dogs, we're just rushing outside to make sure that they're not going to the bathroom in our house. With him, he has to go to the bathroom on a command, considered busy, busy. And it's not on the grass, it's on hard surfaces in cement. Because in the event somebody's in the city and there's no grass around, you don't want the dogs holding it or you don't want them lunging with someone that's visually impaired towards grass to go to the bathroom. So I'd say that was that was the biggest difference between just you know your everyday household pet and a service dog. Um, and I know those commands vary from um, foundation to foundation, that was a big one. Um, and then just the general command, he has to know, sit, stand, stay, staying, stand, guide dog, like position, which is always on your left side. Um, so these are things that I'm responsible for teaching him prior to going to his college. And that's in January where he goes to another training facility where it's more intensive learning the commands of the guide dogs. Wow. That's amazing. And I would have never <laughs> thought about that, but it makes so much sense after you, mm -hmm. after you said that. So that's something I never thought about either. And I was like, oh, oh, wow. It's just, I wouldn't think if my dog's running to the, the grass, I'm like, okay, he's got to go. But imagine if you didn't have eyeballs, where's your dog going? Where are you going? Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's, that's great. That's great. And such a great thing that you're doing. So it seems like your whole life is just filled, like we said at the beginning, with a need for challenge and adventure, and you want to set your mind on a goal and accomplish it and overcome it, but it continues to come back to self-confidence. And I know, you know, you said you were 27, making it sound like you were old, and I'm gonna tell you <laughs> that I'm way older than that, so that sounds really young to me. But, um, you know, looking at anybody, whether they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, or 60s, Give people maybe three pieces of advice on how they can help to build confidence that they need. Yeah. So the things that I would say is start with reflection. You know, think about what you want in five years. Think about who you are, how you got there, how you'd like to change, and then the things you can do to make those changes. Um, a lot in these time frames, we talk about manifestation, and I truly believe in that. Make a mood board and decide what you're going to do to make that come true. Um, and then, you know, always remind yourself that don't forget the beauty of yourself in the presence of others. I know comparison is so hard not to do, but I promise, you know, the people around you are feeling just the same um, and you contribute so much more than maybe we recognize. Cause again, we take so much of who we are for granted. And at the end of the day, we all have amazing qualities that we can contribute to our world, our friends, our family, um, that I think we just need to remind ourselves a little more often. So those are the, the few things. Remember who you are and that you're really cool despite everybody else, reflect, and that's the only gonna propel you forward and manifest to make sure that you're always aiming for the goals that you see doable in the future. Now for your first one, for reminding yourself that you're actually a great person, do you just like leave yourself notes? Do you read books about it? Do you watch TV shows about it? Do you watch TV shows about like awful things that remind yourself <laughs> that you're really lucky, that you're not in different situations or, you know, how do you do that? 
Um, I think that ties in for me with reflection. They're kind of one within each other. And anytime I'm feeling down, I try to think about what have I accomplished or why why am I feeling so so down today? Like, what did I see or who am I comparing myself to that makes me feel like I wasn't enough? And most often, it's usually me comparing someone's end game to my my new beginning. So when I first started bodybuilding, I was following every person that was professionally qualified, winning the trophies, and there was me just entering the gym for the first time. And it just felt like an impossible journey. And instead, I turned to, okay, where? how long ago did they start? How long, what, what did it take for them to get here? And then I turned to new people in the gym. And it was just slowly remembering that everybody has a starting point and I can get there. Just commit, you know, six months, a year and then see where I'm at, and then see how I'm feeling. And I think that goes for everybody. If there's any ever a new adventure, and it's just seeming like the end game is so far away, commit to it for like six months, a year, and then try to compare your progress at that time. I love that. I, I love that recommendation of like breaking it down and stopping and saying, wait, where am I in this journey? And who am I comparing myself to? So you know, if you go on I was on Instagram yesterday trying to decide if Britney Spears really was dead or if she was alive. <laughs> and you know, I, I just came across the fact that I don't know, she has how many 144 million followers or some some ridiculously large number. And then I went and looked at my followers and I was like, wow, well, clearly I'm never going to be Britney Spears. And that's probably a good thing. But um, outside of that, you know, I was just like, well, how do these people get to this point? But then you realize that you know, you're not those people and, and they've, you know, been doing this for such a long time. So then I started to look at other people's Instagrams and how many followers do people have? And I found some really successful people who have less followers than me, which made me a little yes. happy. I won't lie about that one. But, you know, it's it's really interesting. It's almost like everybody's on an individual journey. So I love that reminder for people that are listening is don't compare yourself to somebody that's not in the same position as you and you may never find somebody that's in the same position as you. So look for the pieces that you can reach out to and, and feel good about and go from there and then reflect back on how far you've come in three months or six months instead of Absolutely. comparing yourself to where others are. Yeah. And it's always about, you know, staying. I don't want to say stay in your lane because that sounds a little aggressive and rude. But at the end of the day, like put the blinders on. It's OK yeah. to maybe aspire to be like someone or have like, wow, I appreciate them. They inspire me. And then, you know, build a life in hopes to accomplish as much as that person is. Um, that's a role model. But what's not OK is constantly putting yourself down because you're maybe not there yet. So blinders on. Put in the work and I promise the adventures are going to come, the doors are going to open and success is just going to find itself. So I hope that everybody takes that for what it is and, you know, go on adventures. That's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> always adventure, always adventure. And I will say I was just talking to my mom yesterday and she said, you know, she's a lot older than me. That's a good thing <laughs> since she's my mom. But, you know, she said, look, she's like, sometimes I sit here and I think, why did I waste my time? Why didn't I do this when I wanted to? Why didn't I do this when I thought about it? Why did I choose to just, you know, sit still and watch TV? Or why didn't I do all the things I wanted to do? And now that she's older, she's thinking, I might not have the chance to do these things. So her message to me was adventure, have fun, 
live your life to the fullest because you only get one life and time goes by every second that we are alive that you don't get back again. So with that, this was such a great conversation, Erica. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show and telling us all about you, all about your journey, all about what inspires you, showing us Solomon. Hopefully those of you who are watching the video version were able to see how cute he was and, you know, just for giving us that great advice. Absolutely. Thank you for having me and have a great day.